Hi, David Dennis here. Before we get started on today's podcast, I wanted to take just a moment to invite all the men listening to join us at our annual Kansas Navigator Spring Men's Retreat. This will be at the beautiful Crosswind Conference Center in Heston, Kansas, on Friday evening and Saturday, April 12 and 13, 2024. Our speaker this year is Mr. James Carter, the Ministry Director for the Kansas City Navigators. James is an excellent and dynamic speaker and will be addressing the topic, Making Disciples Like Jesus. Now, there is limited seating available, so be sure to sign up today at the link in the show notes. Complete information on the retreat will be found on our website at kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. That's kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. You won't want to miss this wonderful time of great fellowship, food, fun, and encouragement from God's Word. See you in Heston. Would you like to leave a godly legacy? Hi, my name is David Dennis. I'm with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. You know, as we go through life, we may from time to time wonder just what impact we are leaving. For those who have children or nieces or nephews, or perhaps children you're influencing through Sunday school, what is the legacy you are leaving? My special guest for the next three podcast episodes is Mr. Ken Ham, CEO of Answers in Genesis. I start by asking him to share a bit about his background and especially about how his parents left a godly legacy that continues to reverberate in our world today. Well, I was brought up in Australia and uh, had parents who stood on the authority of God's Word. I mean, Australia is a very pagan country. And so not that many go to church, uh, percentage-wise, of the population, and very few what you call conservative evangelical Christians. But my father was one. It's interesting, uh, when he was dying in hospital, um, my late brother was there with him and said to him, you know, why did you love God's Word so much? And he said, well, his father died when he was 16, so he turned to the words of his heavenly father and read them over and over and over again. So he saturated himself in the Word of God. And as you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God's Word is sharper than a two-edged sword, and God's will will not return under uh, under him void. And we know all those passages of Scripture. He was a teacher, and we got transferred all over the state of Queensland. And a lot of towns we went to, little country towns, might have had one church uh, or no Sunday schools, maybe even no church. But invariably, we found that uh, the pastors of these churches had been impacted by the liberal theology that had crept into the seminaries and Bible colleges. And so my father would always be reacting to that and going up to the pastor and pointing out that a little boy didn't just pull out his loaves and fishes as an example. This was a real miracle and pointing to the scriptures and so on. What my father started to recognize was the impact liberal theology was having on these Christian leaders and uh, the way they were teaching people. And so he started to research what the uh, liberal theologians were teaching so that he could have answers to teach us those answers so that we wouldn't start to doubt God's word. And so when I look back on it, he was really teaching apologetics. And it's interesting, that had a great impact on me. And I'm in an organization that is uh, an apologetics organization, the world's leading apologetics organization, Answers in Genesis, to defend the Christian faith against the secular attacks of our day. And so when I went to uh, high school, uh, I remember you know, being taught evolution, and my parents didn't have answers at that stage except to point to the Scripture and say it can't be true because of what the Scripture says. And 
you know, Genesis is foundational to the gospel, to all of our doctrines and so on. And uh, so then I went through university and I, I started to research finding some books with answers and actually found a number of books that had answers scientifically and biblically to uh, the evolution issue and found that, you know, many pastors, their advice was, oh, you can believe in evolution, just add it to the Bible. Well, because of my parents' stand, certainly uh, didn't do that. And uh, then I became a teacher and found that as a teacher in the public schools in Australia, the students thought uh, you couldn't be a Christian and consider the Bible even, you know, trustworthy or relevant because of what they were taught about evolution of millions of years. And the more I started to teach them the truth about creation and evolution, they started to listen uh, when I talked about Christian things. It's interesting, I met some of those students many years later and they said they became Christians as a result of those mm. uh, teaching days. Wow. And so then I started to be invited to speak in churches, you know, as a teacher, do a Bible study or something like that. So I started to speak on the topic of Genesis and how important it was, and people were telling me we'd never heard this before. I started to realise what a need there was even in the church to teach about the foundational importance of the book of Genesis. And so out of that, it's a long story, so to speak, but out of that, uh, a ministry started in our home in Australia, uh, really started in 1977. 1979, I left teaching uh, to go full-time into the creation apologetics ministry. And 1980, I prayed for a creation museum along with one of our board members in Australia because having taken my students to museums that were all from an atheistic perspective. The Lord had given me a burden. Why can't we build a creation museum? So that burden goes back to, nine, to really 1975, but prayed specifically for a creation museum. We stood on a piece of property and prayed for that in 1980. And the Lord answered that uh, in 2007 in Kentucky. How's that? Mm, <laughs> uh, wow. Many, many, many years later. Uh, so that sort of gives you a little bit of uh, a summary of the history there. But if it wasn't for my parents and their stand on the authority of the Word of God uh, to teach me never to compromise God's Word, my father taught me never never take man's ideas to the Bible, always stand on the authority of the Word of God. For instance, he taught me with study Bibles, he said, always remember that the text is the commentary on the notes and the notes are not inspired like the text. Hmm. Uh, and, and just because you find something that contradicts the Bible uh, doesn't mean the Bible's wrong. What you do is you look at the scripture to make sure you're taking it in context according to the literature, the language, the grammatical, historical, interpretive method that he taught me. And then if there's still a conflict, you know there's something wrong with what men are saying. And if you don't know what the answer is, it just means you don't know what it is. You don't have the information and you need to wait. And maybe God will let you have that information. Maybe he won't, but you never compromise God's word. And so that's the reason that I can stand on the authority of the Word of God the way I do because of the spiritual legacy they passed on to me, which my wife and I passed on to our children who are now passing it on to their children, our 18 grandchildren. And, of course, we impact the world around at the same time, millions of people through the Ministry of Answers in Genesis, the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Leaving a Godly Legacy. What an encouragement we've heard today from Mr. Ken Ham with Answers in Genesis. Ken's parents were faithful to our Lord in the small things. They sought to put God's Word first in their thinking and their daily living. They left a godly legacy that carries on today through the ministry of Mr. Ham with Answers in Genesis. And what an encouragement that is to each of us. 
daily walking with the Lord, spending time with Him as we read, meditate on, and obey His Word. This is how we can leave a godly legacy to the younger people with whom we have contact. Paul said in Philippians 3.17, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. And in Philippians 4.9 he says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. He taught that we should leave a godly example and a godly legacy for those who come after us. I've included some information about Answers in Genesis in our show notes this week. I know you won't want to miss our next podcast with Mr. Ken Ham as he shares his insight as to some of the reasons young people are leaving the church and being influenced by our culture, and he shares some ideas about what we can do about it. Join me next time as we learn more about making disciples naturally. Thank you for joining us today. The opinions expressed on these podcasts are those of the speakers and not necessarily of the Kansas Communities Ministry nor of the Navigators. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.